0: Oi Libby. Ahoy. Ciao. Ciao. What's up? Um, Scooty is bogging the shit out of me. So I'm just going to throw that right out there that that's what's happening today. Well, I mean, when does it not happen, to be honest? So. um, So I was on such a roll on a daily read and I did read yesterday. However, I was interrupted midway through. And I decided to just scrap the whole thing and redo it. So here I am. And now I've got things to share. Things have changed. I've learned new information. I love learning. I love telling you things I've learned. So I'm going to do that. First of all, I got some cool guy points yesterday. Okay, cool girl, whatever. I, okay, actually rabbit trail on the word guy. I am not offended by the word guy in terms of like, my gender. I do not... To me, the word guy is an ambiguous term that means y'all, like you guys, is a way to say y'all or you all or all of you. It is not implying anything or the other. But I could see, because guy generally means a man, why then when you say you guys or hey guys or whatever, that you'd feel excluded by that. But... I don't feel that way personally but anyway it's a topic of discussion at work because for the most part there's men and then there's just like women sprinkled in and it's a tough world out there I'm just gonna say that but you gotta you just gotta call people out I mean like come on sometimes Aaron okay not just Aaron guys in general men in general will say stupid shit to be like like i don't think they're tr- i don't are you trying to be misogynistic i do not think so i think maybe some sort of thought is ingrained in you that you that you think that you think without thinking do you know what i mean um and maybe i'm cutting too much slack here but like when you say stuff like oh you know how women fight And I'm just like, no, I don't know how people fight. What the hell do you mean by that? Like, are they, what are you saying? Are they fist fighting? Are they yelling at each other? Like, are they grabbing each other's hair and pulling each other? Is that what, is that what you're saying? They're fighting physically or no, I don't know what you mean. You know how women fight. And then he proceeded to like imitate a situation. And it really is just like two people being unhappy with each other as co-workers calling each other out. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. That's not how, wi- I mean, that's, I don't know what you're saying. If that's wi- how women fight, but whatever. Check yourself, boy. You the same man who said whatever about being girly as if it was a bad thing. I will fight you. I do not care. I feel like we might be in the same weight class. I'm fine with that. I understand. I am less physically capable of gaining muscle mass and therefore you are statistically like more likely to beat me however i have rage and maybe if i learned a couple tricks i could beat him up and i would welcome that fight fight me aaron (laughs) i did not mean for that to go there but anyway i got cool guy points today with kyle now kyle is cool I like kyle i feel intimidated by him he scares me because i care what he thinks but i think i got cool guy points yesterday because i walked into work i took my jacket off and i turned around and he like looked up from his desk he sits like across the aisle like at an angle not directly across aaron sits directly across from me but he sits behind aaron so across and he like looked at me and he goes is that a donut media sweatshirt and i was like yes it is and then we talked for 45 minutes about cars (laughs) and i know nothing about cars and that's fine and he knows things about cars and i'm just like i don't know anything about cars but i like learning about how cars work because as a machine it is fascinating however i don't know it's not like presentable generally but i do think donut media does a good job so i like them for that reason so anyway i talked to, for 45 minutes about cards before i even logged them to my computer and i think i got cool guy points but then i think i blew it because in stand-up i made a derogatory remark about myself and he does not l- he gets mad at me like i'm pretty sure he's like mad and i'm just like why are you offended by me insulting myself um because it's not about you baby it's about me okay um I don't know it's like yo I mean I should be mad that I'm insulting myself okay whatever I mean I guess I appreciate him for being mad that I'm insulting myself but come on so anyway I think I blew it because I made a comment that was like I guess a I don't know I called myself a pea p-brain. I was like, I don't know if I'm a pea p-brain or if this actually does not make sense. And I think it maybe just actually does not make sense because Kyle's like, did my code review then? <laughs> so anyway, it's, it's just kind of funny. But anyway, the also about Kyle. Okay, so I, I gained cool guy points and then I thought about it and I was trying to remember like I had, I remember when I still have Facebook, I looked him up on Facebook and saw we had mutual friends. These are my mutual friends, Matt Riedel, Alex Gooseman. I'm like, yo, what the hell? So I thought, yo, I think we went to high school together, maybe. I have no idea when you, grow- I don't know, like I've never heard of you. So I opened my yearbook and I'm like, how far back can I even start? 2009. Bada boom he's in there. How crazy is that? Anyway it just feels it's just feeling like a small world lately and then okay I, I have another thing to add about work and I'm just gonna keep talking about work because you know what work is like giving me life recently. Since I've been going to the office and like interacting with real people in real life it's like giving me energy and life like i i'm an introvert i would say but like i've been alone for too long i've been literally just going insane being alone and so i'm trying to not do that anymore so i go out i go to work which i have a choice yes i do i don't have to but i can't work from home and it's driving me crazy and um anyway so it's been great for getting to know people because it's much easier to just be, like, chatting than, I don't know, call someone and then chat? That seems weird. It feels it feels like you have to be deliberate when you communicate um, remotely. And it's just not something I'm used to. So anyway, I, um, Zach said something today. I don't know what I was saying. I was talking some... <laughs> I don't know I was talking about a cult like being how sweet it would be to be like a cult leader like a cult owner I don't know that's like a fucking business basically (laughs) but it's a weird religious business probably that like suckers people in and like controls them it's like a weird army like uh, in it kind of I guess maybe it's dark magic but you know so I was but not that I actually want to be a cult leader but anyway so I was talking about this and then uh he's like smiled and said that I sound just like his friend like I sound just like his best friend from college I say like the same things that he I think I don't know if it's a he or she they would say and I'm just like does that mean that we're best friends now? Because that's how I'm reading that comment. But I don't want to be, like, too eager. <laughs> but I did say it to Kaylin. And Kaylin's like, yeah, I noticed that, too. Because she was standing there when he said that. And I'm like, yo, maybe I'm not crazy to be like, we're best friends. <laughs> okay, anyway. So it's just, like, life is happening. It's real. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm thriving, Lib. Okay, sorry. I'm obsessed. With work unfortunately I can't get it out of my head honestly it's like I'm laying in bed trying to fall asleep and then I'm like thinking about things at work and I'm like oh dude that's bad code like literally and then I like get to work and I'm like yo this is bad right and they're like yeah and I'm like oh my god but I don't know everything's just kind of a maybe not bad but you know what i mean like oh how about this this is an idea they're like oh yeah that idea has been discussed i'm like yo that's a good idea i agree with that i could root with that i'll support that um but uh yeah i don't know i'm just living for work okay it feels good it's a good culture let's put it that way it's a good culture good culture actually speaking of good culture i like cody too i like everyone at work i'm gonna tell you about cody Scooty, bug off i swear i just literally just leaned forward to grab a beverage to swig because naturally my mouth is so dry and he gets mad because he's like laying next to me and i disrupted his energy i don't know i disrupted his uh where he was laying i don't know how rude of me Anyway, Cody, so if you've seen What We Do in the Shadows, uh, it's a sh- I think it's an FX show. That's what I'm talking about, at least. I think it's FX. There's a character called, called, a character named Guillermo, and sometimes referred to as Gizmo, and he's a great character, and I love him, and Cody, at work, very much is giving me Guillermo, like, okay, Gizmo, like, honestly, that's how I feel. I want to tell him that, but I don't know. I don't know sorry, I don't oh my god I wasn't talking to you oh my god my google assistant sometimes is just like I didn't say did I I mean maybe I said that I don't know Guillermo gizmo maybe I did I don't yo I don't want to activate her again okay I should get to the business sorry so sorry Libby and maybe assorted others I do not know if you are listening at this point that's okay um the cat's now laying i don't even his head is on my book i don't even know how to describe so my legs are crossed my book is on my leg and he's like laying on my lap with his head on my book that's that's it period okay he's gonna get mad when i have to adjust but live in the moment for a second but here we go then Chapter 23 dude moving another clip here chapter 23 of Harry Potter the half-blood prince bgk rolling chapter 6 cat this is uncomfortable chapter 23 horcruxes so jazzed about horcruxes but like also i feel like Dumbledore knows what a horcrux is no doubt right so let's see Chapter 23 is horcruxes and the chapter art is Harry and Dumbledore Dumbledore is holding the bottle with the memory presumably Harry is smiling we are looking good Dumbledore looks jazzed he looks proud he looks surprised He looks jazzed. Scooty, honestly. He's just demanding attention at this point, so... I suppose I'll pet him. He's so cute, though. Horcrux says, ho-ho-ho! So, yeah. Harry could feel the Felix Felicis wearing off as he crept back into the castle. The front door had remained unlocked for him, but on the third floor he met peeves and only narrowly avoided detection by diving sideways through one of his shortcuts. By the time he got up to the portrait of the fat lady and pulled off his invisibility cloak, he was not surprised to find her in a most unhelpful mood. What sort of time do you call this? I'm really sorry. I had to go out for something important. Well, the password changed at midnight, so you'll have to sleep in the corridor, won't you? You're joking, said Harry. Why did it have to change at midnight? That's the way it is, said the fat lady. If you're angry, go and take it up with the headmaster. He's the one who's tightened security. Fantastic, said Harry bitterly, looking around at the hard floor. Really brilliant. Yeah, I would go and take it up with Dumbledore if he was here, because he's the one I want. He, because he's the one who wanted me to. He is here, said a voice behind Harry. Professor Dumbledore returned to school an hour ago. Nearly headless Nick was gliding toward Harry, his head wobbling as usual upon his ruff. I had it from the bloody Baron who saw him arrive, said Nick. He appeared, according to the Baron, to be in good spirits, though a little tired, of course. Where is he? said Harry, his heart leaping. Oh, groaning and clanking up on the Astronomy Tower. It's a favorite pastime of his. Not the bloody Baron, Dumbledore. Oh, in his office, said Nick. I believe, from what the Baron said, that he had business to attend to before turning in. Yeah, he has, said Harry, excitement blazing in his chest at the prospect of telling Dumbledore he had secured the memory. He wheeled off, he did not wheel off, he wheeled about, and sprinted off again, ignoring the fat lady who was calling after him. Come back! All right, I lied! I was annoyed you woke me up! The password's still tapeworm! But Harry was already hurtling back along the corridor, and within minutes he was saying Toffee eclairs to Dumbledore's gargoyle, which leapt aside, permitting Harry entrance onto the spiral staircase. Enter, said Dumbledore when Harry knocked. He sounded exhausted. Harry pushed open the door. There was Dumbledore's office looking the same as ever, but with black, star-strewn skies beyond the windows. Good gracious, Harry, said Dumbledore in surprise. To what do I owe this very late pleasure? Sir, I've got it. I've got the memory from Slughorn. Harry pulled out the tiny glass bottle and showed it to Dumbledore, who for a moment or two... Oh, wait, what? Showed it to Dumbledore. For a moment or two, the headmaster looked stunned. Then his face split in a wide smile. Harry, this is spectacular news. Very well done indeed. I knew you could do it. All thought of the lateness of the hour apparently forgotten. He hurried around his desk, took the bottle with Slughorn's memory in his uninjured hand, injured, uninjured hand, and strode over to the cabinet where he kept the pensive. And now, said Dumbledore, placing the stone basin upon his desk and emptying the contents of the bottle into it, now at last we shall see. Harry, quickly. Harry bowed obediently over the pensive and felt his feet leave the office floor. Once again, he fell through darkness and landed in (laughs) Horace Slughorn's office many years before. There was the much younger Slughorn with his thick, shiny, straw-colored hair and his gingery blonde mustache, sitting again in the comfortable winged armchair in his office, his feet resting upon a velvet poof, a small glass of wine in one hand, the other rummaging in a box of crystallized pineapple. And there were the half-dozen teenage boys, sitting around Slughorn with Tom Riddle in the midst of them. Marvolo's gold and black ring gleaming on his finger. Dumbledore landed beside Harry just as Riddle asked, Sir, is it true that Professor Merrythought is retiring? Tom! Tom, if I knew I couldn't tell you, said Slughorn, wagging his finger reprovingly at Riddle, though winking at the same time. I must say, I'd like to think where you... I'd like to know where you get your information, boy, more knowledgeable than half the staff you are. Riddle smiled. The other boys laughed and cast him admiring looks. What with your uncanny ability to know things you shouldn't, and your careful flattery of the people who matter. Thank you for the pineapple, by the way. You're quite right. It is my favorite. Several of the boys tittered again, I confidently expect you to rise to Minister of Magic within twenty years, fifteen if you keep sending me pine- if you keep sending me pineapple, I have excellent contacts at the Ministry. Tom Riddle merely smiled as the others laughed again. Here he noticed that he was by no means the eldest of the group of boys, but that they all seemed to look to him as their leader. I don't know what politics would suit me, sir, he said when the laughter had died away. I don't have the right kind of background, for one thing. A couple of the boys around him smirked at each other. Harry was sure they were enjoying a private joke, undoubtedly about what they knew or suspected, regarding their gang leader's famous ancestor. Nonsense, said Slughorn briskly. Couldn't be plainer you came from decent wizarding stock, abilities like yours. No, you'll go far, Tom i've never been wrong about a student yet the small golden clock standing upon slughorn's desk chimed eleven o'clock behind him and he looked around good gracious is it that time already you better get going boys or we'll all be in trouble lestrange i want your essay by tomorrow or it's detention same for you avery one by one the boys filed out of the room slughorn heaved himself out of his chair and carried his empty glass over to his desk. A movement behind him made him look around. <laughs> Riddle was just... <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know this sentence is hard for me. A movement behind him made him look around. Riddle was still standing there. Look sharp, Tom. You don't want to be caught out of bed out of hours. And you, a prefect. Sir, I wanted to ask you something. Ask away then, my boy. Ask away. Sir i wondered what you know about about horcruxes slughorn stared at him his thick fingers absent-mindedly caressing the stem of his wine glass project for defense against the dark arts is it but harry could tell that slughorn knew perfectly well that this was not schoolwork not exactly sir said riddle i came across the term all reading and i didn't fully understand it no well You'd be hard pushed to find a book at Hogwarts that'll give you details on Horcruxes, Tom. That's very dark dark stuff, very dark indeed, said Slughorn. But you obviously know all about them, sir. I mean, a wizard like you, sorry, I mean, if you can't tell me, obviously. I just knew if anyone could tell me, you could, so I just thought I'd ask. It was very well done, thought Harry. The hesitancy, the casual tone, the careful flattery, none of it overdone. He, Harry, had had too much experience of trying to wheedle information out of reluctant people not to recognize a master at work. He could tell that Riddle wanted the information very, very much. Perhaps had been working toward this moment for weeks. "'Well,' said Slughorn, not looking at Riddle, but fiddling with the ribbon on top of his box of crystallized pineapple. "'Well, it can't hurt to give an overview, of course,' just so that you understand the term. A horcrux is the word used for an object in which a person has concealed part of their soul. I don't quite understand how that works, though, sir, said Riddle. His voice was carefully controlled, but Harry could sense his excitement. Well, you split your soul, you see, said Slughorn, and hide part of it in an object outside the body. Then Even if one's body is attacked or destroyed, one cannot die, for part of the soul remains earthbound and undamaged. But of course, existence in such a form. Slughorn's face crumpled, and Harry found himself remembering words he had heard nearly two years before. I was ripped from my body. I was less than spirit, less than the meanest ghost. But still, I was alive. Few would want it, Tom, very few. Death would be preferable. But Riddle's hunger was now apparent. His expression was greedy. He could no longer hide his longing. How do you split your soul? Well, said Slughorn uncomfortably, you must understand that the soul is supposed to remain intact and whole. Splitting it is an act of violation. It is against nature. But how do you do it? by an act of evil, the supreme act of evil, by committing murder. Killing rips the soul apart. The wizard intent upon creating a horcrux would use the damage to his advantage. He would encase the torn portion. In case? But how? There is a spell, do not ask me, I don't know, said Slughorn, shaking his head like an old elephant bothered by mosquitoes. Do I look as though I have tried it? do I look like a killer? No, sir, of course not, said Riddle quickly. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend. Not at all, not at all, not offended, said Slughorn gruffly. It's natural to feel some curiosity about these things. Wizards of a certain caliber have always been drawn to that aspect of magic. Yes, sir, said Riddle. What I don't understand, though, just out of curiosity, I mean, Would one horcrux be much use? Can you only split your soul once? Wouldn't it be better make you stronger to have your soul in more pieces? I mean, for instance, isn't seven the most powerfully magical number? Wouldn't seven? Merlin's beard, Tom! Yelped Slughorn. Seven? Isn't it bad enough to think of killing one person? In any case, bad enough to divide the soul, but to rip it into seven pieces? Slughorn looked deeply troubled now. He was gazing at Riddle as though he had never seen him plainly before, and Harry could tell that he was regretting entering into the conversation at all. Of course, he muttered. This is all hypothetical. What we're discussing, isn't it? All academic? Oh. Oh, yeah, sure, that's muttering. I don't know, that was supposed to be Slughorn. Sorry, i will try again. Of course, he muttered. "'This is all hypothetical, what we're discussing, isn't it? "'All academic?' "'Yes, sir, of course,' said Riddle quickly. "'But all the same, Tom. "'Keep it quiet, what I've told you. "'That's to say, what we've discussed. "'People wouldn't like to think we've been chatting about horcruxes. "'It's a banned subject at Hogwarts, you know. "'Dumbledore's particularly fierce about it.' "'I won't say a word,' said Riddle, and he left.' "'Dumbledore is particularly fierce about it, my dude. "'Yo!' "'Okay, sorry. "'I won't say a word,' said Riddle, and he left. "'But not before Harry had glimpsed his face, "'which was full of that same wild happiness "'it had worn when he had first found out that he was a wizard. "'The sort of happiness that did not enhance his handsome features, "'but made them somehow less human. "'Thank you, Harry.' said Dumbledore quickly. Let us go. When Harry landed back on the office floor, Dumbledore was already sitting down behind his desk. Harry sat too and waited for Dumbledore to speak. I have been hoping for this piece of evidence for a very long time, said Dumbledore at last. It confirms the theory on which I have been working. It tells me that I am right, and also how very far there is still to go. Harry suddenly noticed that every single one of the old headmasters and headmistresses in the portraits around the walls was awake and listening in on their conversation. A corpulent, red-nosed wizard had actually taken out an ear trumpet. "'Well, Harry,' said Dumbledore, "'I am sure you understood the significance of what we just heard. "'At the same age as you are now, give or take a few months, "'Tom Riddle was doing all he could to to find out how to make himself immortal. You think he succeeded then, sir? asks ha- Asked Harry. He made a horcrux, and that's why he didn't die when he attacked me? He had a horcrux hidden somewhere? A bit of his soul was safe? A bit, or more, said Dumbledore. You heard of Voldemort. <clears throat> Sorry, my mouth is really dry. My throat, I guess, is dry. I don't know. What he particularly wanted from Horace was an opinion on what would happen to the wizard who created more than one Horcrux. What would happen to the wizard so determined to evade death that he would be prepared to murder many times, rip his soul repeatedly, so as to store it in many separately concealed Horcruxes? No book would have given him that information. As far as I know, as far as I am sure, as Voldemort... As far as as I know, as far as I'm sure as Voldemort knew, no wizard had ever done more than tear his soul in two. Dumbledore paused for a moment, marshalling his thoughts. And then again, four years ago, I received what I considered certain proof that Dumbledore had split his... Why do I always say Dumbledore? It's the E in the middle. I don't know. Voldemort had split his soul. "Where?" asked Harry; "how?" "You handed it to me, Harry," said Dumbledore; "the diary, Riddle-the diary-Riddle's diary-the one giving instructions on how to reopen the Chamber of Secrets." "I don't understand, sir," said Harry. "Well, although I did not see the riddle who came out of the diary, what you described to me was a phenomenon I had never witnessed-a mere memory starting to act and think for itself. A mere memory sapping the life out of the girl into whose hands it had fallen? No. Something much more sinister had lived inside that book. A fragment of soul. I am, al- I was almost sure of it. The diary had been a horcrux. But this raised as many questions as it answered. Scooty, what are you doing? I'm sorry. Okay, bye. What intrigued and alarmed me most was that the diary had been intended as a weapon as much as a safeguard i still don't understand said harry well it worked as a horcrux it it worked as a horcrux is supposed to work in other words the fragment of soul concealed inside it was kept safe and had undoubtedly played its part in preventing the death of its owner but there could be no doubt that really that riddle really wanted that diary read "'wanted the peace of his soul to inhabit or possess somebody else, "'so that Slytherin's monster would be unleashed again. "'Well, he didn't want his hard work to be wasted,' said Harry. "'He wanted people to know he was Slytherin's heir "'because he couldn't take credit at the time.' "'Quite correct,' said Dumbledore, nodding. "'But you don't see, Harry, "'that if he intended the diary to be passed to or planted on "'some future Hogwarts student,' He was being remarkably blasé about that precious fragment of his soul concealed within it the point of a horcrux is as professor slughorn explained to keep part of the self hidden and safe not to fling it into somebody else's path and run the risk that they might destroy it as indeed happened that particular fragment of soul is no more you saw to that The careless way in which Voldemort regarded this horcrux seemed most ominous to me. It suggested that he must have made or been planning to make more horcruxes so that the loss of his first would not be so detrimental. I did not wish to believe it, but nothing else seemed to make sense. Then you told me, two years later, that on the night that Voldemort returned to his body— he made a most illuminating and alarming statement to his Death Eaters. I, who have gone further than anybody along the path that leads to immortality. That was what you told me, he said. Further than anybody. And I thought I knew what that meant. Though the Death Eaters did not. He was referring to his horcruxes. Horcruxes in the plural, Harry. Harry which I do not believe any other wizard has ever had. Yet it fitted. Lord Voldemort has seemed to grow less human with the passing years, and the transformation he has undergone seemed to me to be only explicable if his soul was mutilated beyond the realms of what we might call usual evil. So he's made himself impossible to kill by murdering other people, said Harry. Why couldn't he make a sorcerer's stone or steal one, "'if he was so interested in immortality.' "'Well, we know that he tried to do just that five years ago,' said Dumbledore. "'But there are several reasons why, I think, "'a sorcerer's stone would appeal less than horcruxes to Lord Voldemort. "'While the elixir of life does indeed extend life, "'it must be drunk regularly for all eternity "'if the drinker is to maintain their immortality. "'Therefore, Voldemort would be entirely dependent on the elixir.' and if it ran out, or was contaminated, or if the stone was stolen, he would die just like any other man. Voldemort likes to operate alone, remember. I believe that he would have found the thought of being dependent, even on the elixir, intolerable. Of course, he was prepared to drink it, if it would take him out of the horrible part-life to which he was condemned after attacking you, but only to regain a body. Thereafter, I am convinced, He intended to continue to rely on his horcruxes. He would need nothing more if only he could regain a human form. He was already immortal, you see, or as close to immortal as any man can be. But now, Harry, armed with this information, the crucial memory you have succeeded in procuring for us, we are closer to the secret of finishing Lord Voldemort than any uh, anyone has ever been before. You heard him, Harry wouldn't it be better make you stronger to have your soul in more pieces isn't seven the most powerfully magical number isn't seven the most powerfully magical number yes i think the idea of a seven-part soul would greatly appeal to lord voldemort he made seven horcruxes said harry horror-struck while several of the portraits on the walls made similar noises of shock and outrage but they could be anywhere in the world hidden buried or invisible i am glad to see you appreciate the magnitude of the problem said dumbledore calmly but firstly no harry not seven horcruxes six the seventh part of his soul however maimed resides inside his regenerated body that was the part of him that lived a spectral existence for so many years under his exile. I'm sorry, during his exile. Without that, he has no self at all. That seventh piece of soul will be the last that anybody wishing to kill Voldemort must attack. The piece that lives in his body. But the six horcruxes then, said Harry, a little desperately. How are we supposed to find them? You are forgetting... "'You have already destroyed one of them, and I have destroyed another.' "'You have?' said Harry eagerly. "'Yes, indeed,' said Dumbledore, "'and he raised his blackened, burned-looking hand. "'The ring, Harry, Marvolo's ring, "'and a terrible curse there was upon it, too. "'Had it not been, forgive me, the lack of seemly modesty "'for my own prodigious skill and for Professor Snape's timely action.' When I returned to Hogwarts, desperately injured, I might not have lived to tell the tale. However, a withered hand does not seem an unreasonable exchange for a seventh of Voldemort's soul. The ring is no longer a horcrux. But how did you find it? Well, as you you now know, for many years I have made it my business to discover as much as I can about Voldemort's past life. I have traveled widely, visiting those places he once knew. I stumbled across the ring hidden in the ruin of the Gaunt's house. It seems that once Voldemort had succeeded in in sealing a piece of his soul inside it, he did not want to wear it anymore. He hid it, protected by many powerful enchantments, in the shack where his ancestors had once lived. Morphin, having been carted off to Azkaban, of course. "'never guessing that I might one day take the trouble to visit the ruin "'or that I might be keeping an eye open for traces of magical concealment. "'However, we should not congratulate ourselves too heartily. "'You destroyed the diary and I the ring. "'But if we are right in our theory of a seven-part soul, four four horcruxes remain.' "'And they could be anything?' said Harry.' They could be old tin cans or, I don't know, empty potion bottles. You are thinking of port keys, Harry, which must be ordinary objects easy to overlook. But would Lord Voldemort use tin cans or old potion bottles to guard his own precious soul? You are forgetting what I have showed you. Voldemort liked to collect trophies, and he preferred objects with a powerful magical history. His pride, his belief in his own superiority, his determination to carve for himself a startling place in magical history. These things suggest to me that Voldemort would have chosen his horcruxes with some care, favoring objects worthy of the honor. The diary wasn't that special. The diary, as you have said yourself, was proof that he was the heir of Slytherin. I am sure that Voldemort considered it of stupendous importance. "'So, the other horcruxes?' said Harry." "'Do you think you know what they are, sir?' "'I can only guess,' said Dumbledore, "'for the reasons I have already given. "'I believe that Lord Voldemort would prefer objects "'that, in themselves, have a certain grandeur. "'I have therefore trawled back through Voldemort's past "'to see if I can find evidence "'that such artifacts have disappeared around him.' "'The locket,' said Harry loudly. "'Hufflepuff's cup!' Yes, said Dumbledore, smiling. I would be prepared to bet, perhaps not my other hand, but a couple of fingers, that they became Horcruxes three and four. The remaining two, assuming again that he created a total of six, are more of a problem. But I will hazard a guess that, having secured objects from Hufflepuff and Slytherin, he set out to track down objects owned by Gryffindor or Ravenclaw. Four objects from the Four Founders would, I am sure, have exerted a powerful pull over Voldemort's imagination. I cannot answer for whether he ever ever managed to find anything of Ravenclaw's. I am confident, however, that the only known relic of Gryffindor remains safe. Dumbledore pointed his blackened fingers to the wall behind him, where a ruby-encrusted sword reposed within repose... where reposed like they're posing it and they did it again reposed within a glass case i don't know do you think that's why he really wanted to come back to hogwarts sir said harry to try and find something from one of the other founders my thoughts precisely said dumbledore but unfortunately that does not advance us much further for he was turned away or so i believe without the chance to search the school I am forced to conclude that he never fulfilled his ambition of collecting four founders' objects. He definitely had two, he may have found three. That is the best we can do for now. Even if he got something of Ravenclaw's or of Gryffindor's, that leaves us a, a sixth horcrux, said Harry, counting on his fingers. Unless he got both? I don't think so, said Dumbledore. "'I think I know what the sixth horcrux is. "'I wonder what you will say when I confess "'that I have been curious for a while "'about the behavior of the snake, Nagini. "'The snake?' said Harry, startled. "'You can use animals as horcruxes?' "'Well, it is inadvisable to do so,' said Dumbledore, "'because to confide a part of your soul "'to something that can think and move for itself "'is obviously a very risky business.' However, if my calculations are correct, Voldemort was still at least one horcrux short of his goal of six when he entered your parents' house with the intention of killing you. He seems to have reserved the process of making horcruxes for particularly significant deaths. You would certainly have been that. He believed that in killing you, he was destroying the danger the prophecy had outlined, he believed he was making himself invincible. I am sure that he was intending to make his final horcrux with your death. As we know, he failed. After an interval of some years, however, he used genie to kill an old muggle man, and it might then have occurred to him to turn her into his last horcrux. She underlines the Slytherin connection, which enhances Lord Voldemort's mystique. I think he is perhaps as fond of her as he can be of anything. He certainly likes to keep her close. And he seems to have an unusual amount of control over her, even for a parcel mouth. So, said Harry, the diary's gone, the ring's gone. The cup, the locket, and the snake are still intact. And you think there might be a horcrux that was once Ravenclaw's or Gryffindor's? An admirably succinct and accurate summary, yes, said Dumbledore, bowing his head. So are you still looking for them, sir? Is that why you've been going? Is that where you've been going when you've been leaving the school? Correct, said Dumbledore. I've been looking for a very long time. I think perhaps I may be close to finding another one. There are hopeful signs. And if you do, said Harry quickly, can I come with you and help get rid of it? Dumbledore looked at Harry very intently for a moment before saying, Yes, I think so. I can, said Harry, thoroughly taken aback. Oh, yes, said Dumbledore, still smiling slightly. I think you have earned the right. Harry felt his heart lift. It was very good not to hear words of caution and protection for once. The headmasters and headmistresses around the walls seemed less impressed by Dumbledore's decision. "'Harry saw a few of them shaking their heads, and Phineas Nigelus actually snorted. "'Does Voldemort know when a horcrux is destroyed, sir? "'Can he feel it?' Harry asked, ignoring the portraits. "'A very interesting question, Harry. "'I believe not. "'I believe that Voldemort is now so immersed in evil, "'and these crucial parts of himself have been detached for so long. "'He does not feel as we do.' Perhaps at the point of death he might be aware of his loss, but he was not aware, for instance, that the diary had been destroyed until he forced the truth out of Lucius Malfoy. When Voldemort discovered that the diary had been mutilated and robbed of all its powers, I am told that his anger was terrible to behold. But I thought he meant Lucius Malfoy to smuggle it into Hogwarts. Yes, he did, years ago when he was sure he would be able to create more horcruxes. But still, Lucius was supposed to wait for Voldemort's say-so, and he never received it, for Voldemort vanished shortly after giving him the diary. No doubt he thought that Lucius would not dare do anything with the horcrux other than guard it carefully, but he was counting too much upon Lucius's fear of a master who had been gone for years and whom Lucius believed dead. Of course, Lucius did not know what the diary really was. I understand that Voldemort had told him the diary would cause the Chamber of Secrets to reopen because it was cleverly enchanted. Had Lucius known he held a portion of his master's soul in his hands, he would undoubtedly have treated it with more reverence. But instead, he went ahead and carried out the old plan for his own ends. By planting the diary upon Arthur Weasley's daughter, He hoped to discredit Arthur and get rid of a highly incriminating magical object in one stroke. Ah, poor Lucius. What with Voldemort's fury about the fact that he threw away the Horcrux for his own gain and the fiasco at the ministry last year. I would not be surprised if he is not greatly glad to be safe in Azkaban at the moment. Harry sat and thought for a moment, then asked, So, if all his horcruxes are destroyed, Voldemort could be killed? Yes, I think so, said Dumbledore. Without his horcruxes, Voldemort will be a mortal man with a maimed and diminished soul. Never forget, though, that while his soul may be damaged beyond repair, his brain and his magical powers remain intact. He will take uncommon skill and power to kill a wizard, like Voldemort, even without his horcruxes. "'But I haven't got uncommon skill and power,' said Harry, before he could stop himself. "'Yes, you have,' said Dumbledore firmly. "'You have the power that Voldemort has never had. You can—' "'I know,' said Harry, impatiently. "'I can love.' It was only with difficulty that he stopped himself adding, "'Big deal!' "'Yes, Harry,' You can love, said Dumbledore, who looked as though he knew perfectly well what Harry had just refrained from saying. Which, given everything that has happened to you, it is a great and remarkable thing. You are still too young to understand how unusual you are, Harry. So, when the prophecy says that I'll have power the Dark Lord knows not, it just means love? Asked Harry, feeling a little let down. Yes, Just love, said Dumbledore, but Harry, never forget that what the prophecy says is only significant because Voldemort made it so. I told you this at the end of last year. Voldemort singled you out as the person who would be most dangerous to him, and in doing so, he made you the person who'd be most dangerous to him. But it comes to the same- No, it doesn't, said Dumbledore, sounding impatient now. "'Pointing at Harry with his black, withered hand, he said, "'You are setting too much store by the prophecy.' "'But,' spluttered Harry, "'but you said the prophecy means "'if Voldemort had never heard of the prophecy, "'would it have been fulfilled? "'Would it have meant anything? "'Of course not. "'Do you think every prophecy in the Hall of Prophecy "'has been fulfilled?' "'But,' said Harry, bewildered, "'but last year you said one of us would have to kill the other.' "'Harry, Harry!' "'Only because Voldemort made a grave error and acted on Professor Trelawney's words. "'If Voldemort had never murdered your father, "'would he have imparted in you a furious desire for revenge? "'Of course not. "'If he had not forced your mother to die for you, "'would he have given you a magical protection he could not penetrate? "'Of course not, Harry. "'Don't you see?' Voldemort himself created his worst enemy, just as tyrants everywhere do. Have you any idea how much tyrants fear the people they oppress? All of them realize that one day, amongst their many victims, there is sure to be one who rises against them and strikes back. Voldemort is no different. Always, he was on the lookout for the one who would challenge him. He heard the prophecy and he leapt into action, and with the result that he not only hand-picked the man most likely to finish him, he handed him he handed him uniquely deadly weapons. But it is essential that you understand this, said Dumbledore, standing up and striding about the room, his glittering robe swooshing in his wake. Harry had never seen him so agitated. By attempting to kill you, Voldemort himself singled out the remarkable person who sits here in front of me and gave him the tools for the job. It is Voldemort's fault that you were able to see into his thoughts, his ambitions, that you even understand the snake-like languages in which he gives orders, and yet, Harry, despite your privileged insight into Voldemort's world, which, incidentally, is a gift any Death Eater would kill to have, you have never been seduced by the dark arts, never, even for a second, shown the slightest desire to become one of Voldemort's followers. Of course I haven't, said Harry indignantly. He killed my mum and dad! You are protected, in short, by your ability to love, said Dumbledore loudly. The only protection that can possibly work against the lure of power like Voldemort's. In spite of all the temptation you have endured, all the... Su- <coughs> Oh my god, I'm so sorry. That's such a dramatic moment for it to happen to. (laughs) Damn. How? I mean, Dumbledore's laying it down. This is like a key chapter. I hope I'm doing it justice. Okay, where was I? The only protection that can possibly work against the lure of power like Voldemort's. In spite of all the temptation you have endured, all the suffering, you remain pure of heart, just as pure as you were at the age of eleven, when you stared into a mirror that reflected your heart's desire, and it showed you only the way it showed you only the way to thwart Lord Voldemort, and not immortality or riches. Harry, have you any idea how few wizards could have seen what you saw in that mirror? Voldemort should have known then what he was dealing with, but he did not. But he knows it now. You have fit it, you have flitted into vo- Lord Voldemort's mind without damage to yourself. But he cannot possess you without enduring mortal agony, as he discovered in the ministry. I do not think he understands why, Harry. But then he was in such a hurry to mutilate his own soul... He never paused to understand the incomparable power of a soul that is untarnished and whole. But sir, said Harry, making valiant efforts not to sound argumentative. It all comes to the same thing, doesn't it? I've got to try and kill him, or got to, said Dumbledore. Of course you've got to, but not because of the prophecy, because you yourself will never rest until you've tried. We both know it imagine please just for a moment that you had never heard that prophecy how would you feel about voldemort now think harry watched dumbledore striding up and down in front of him and he and thought he thought of his mother his father scooty my duty sorry he thought of his mother his father and Sirius. he thought of cedric diggory He thought of all the terrible deeds he knew Lord Voldemort had done. A flame seemed to leap inside his chest, searing his throat. "'I'd want him finished,' said Harry quietly. "'And I'd want to do it.'" "'Of course you would!' cried Dumbledore. (laughs) "'You see, the prophecy does not mean you have to do anything, "'but the prophecy caused Lord Voldemort to mark you as his equal.'" In other words, you are free to choose your way, quite free to turn your back on the prophecy. But Voldemort continues to set store by the prophecy. He will continue to hunt you, which me which makes it certain, really, that that only. Sorry, I don't know why I said only that's not even there. That one of us is going to end up killing the other, said Harry. Yes. But he understood at last what Dumbledore had been trying to tell him. It was, he thought, the difference between being dragged into the arena to face a battle to the death and walking into the arena with your head held high. Some people, perhaps, would say that there was little to choose between the two ways. But Dumbledore knew, and so do I, thought Harry, with a rush of fierce pride, and so did my parents. That there was all the difference in the world dude what a sweet ending to a chapter i love that i love that imagery of walking into battle um whether you're being dragged versus holding your you should always be oh my god i'm always looking for a fight no (laughs) just kidding all right anyway that's the end of chapter 23.